Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Uh, well, this morning I'm, I'm about to, to launch into, into something, into a topic this morning. Thanks so much, Lisa, that, that I believe has great potential um, to keep you strong in God. Does anyone want to remain strong in God? Does anyone want to remain close to Jesus? Does anyone want to go the distance in their walk with God? Does anyone want to backslide and fall away? Of course not. And I believe this morning what I'm about to share um, has the potential to add longevity and health to your Christian walk. That's how important I believe that this message is, and it's for all those that are at home this morning as well, just to encourage you in a couple of moments' time um, about this. We're going to jump into it this morning, but just wanted to let you know next Sunday morning, as well as taking up the offering for Destiny Rescue, we're also launching a new series called The Unshakable Life. And we're going to be looking at the words of Jesus, where Jesus challenged his followers about the importance of building their life upon his words upon the teaching of Jesus, what came out of Jesus' life. And he illustrated it, the difference between someone that built upon the sand, building upon the culture of the world, versus someone that built their life upon the culture of the king and the words that Jesus spoke. And we're going to be going through that journey for probably about six weeks together um, and really, really looking forward to that journey. And I believe it's going to be a great blessing to us. But today as we gather, we're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're with us at home this morning. And as always, our hope and our prayer this morning as we share something from the Word of God, that God will speak to you in some way and inspire you in your walk with Christ. Amen. That's our prayer and our hope for today. And everybody said, Amen. So today I want to share on the importance of walking out your life as a believer with other believers. And today my message is entitled this, Your Crew Don't Do Life Without One. The message title this morning is Your Crew Don't Do Life Without One. And we're going to look at the reason why this morning. And I want to start with a question this morning for all of us to consider. What should the focus of our faith be? Great question. What should the focus of our faith be? What, what should we be primarily focused on as followers of Jesus Christ? It's a great question. And if I were to throw it out there, I won't this morning. But many of us would have different answers to that question. But I believe this morning that we find what the focus of our faith should be in the words of Jesus out of the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19. And he says this to us today. He said it to them and he's saying that to us and for those that are to come as well. He said this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, some of Jesus' last words to his followers. And again, what should the focus of our faith be? Well, I would summarise this this morning. The question is, what should the focus of our faith be? And some of the last words of Jesus to his followers were, go therefore and make disciples. I believe then that our mandate or his mandate must become our mission. The whole mandate from Jesus is that we would be a disciple and that we would be about making disciples as well. And that his mandate must be our mission in life. His mandate... Jesus' mandate for us as followers of Jesus should be our mission for life. Amen. So this thought this morning, as we jump into this thought about our crew, Jesus never called us to be Christians. He calls us to be his disciples. Never called us to be Christians. 
He called us to be our disciples. In fact, last week, if you were here, um, Ross and Kathy Abraham, our INC National Chair people were here. Ross shared a powerful message last week in all that he does and all that he is and all that he has to do, that before anything else that he is, he's called to be a disciple of Jesus first and foremost. Amen. First and foremost, he's called to be a disciple of Jesus. Can I say this morning that you and I first and foremost are called to be disciples of Jesus. In fact, I did a little quick study during the week and I Google searched the word Christian in um, Bible Gateway. It's a great study resource. But it's interesting that in the New Testament, the word Christian came up how many times? Eight. Five of those times were headings for paragraphs in the, some of the writings of the epistle, uh, some of the writings of the uh, apostles. Interesting. Eight times the word Christian was mentioned. Then I did a little search on the word disciple. How many times do you think the word disciple came? At home, throw it out there right now, but here as well. How many times do you think the word disciple is mentioned in the New Testament? Tom, very close. Uh, no and no, 271 times. Tom gets the prize this morning. What is it, mate? Uh, Carly. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He's got the prize. Amen. But it's interesting. Eight times, only eight times the word Christian is mentioned, but over 271 times the word disciple is mentioned. That's because Jesus calls us to be his disciple. We look at the word Christian today, and can I say this morning, it's all messed up in the world today because everybody's a Christian. Most people you talk to, they call themselves a Christian. But we're not called to be Christians, we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's who he's called us to be. And the definition of the word disciple, it should be up on the screen. A disciple of Christ is one who believes in his teachings. That's what we're going to be looking at in the next six weeks together. The teachings of Jesus rests on his sacrifice. We're saved by grace, seeks his spirit. We go after the things of God in our lives and imitates his example. Amen. So a couple of questions for you this morning as we jump into this topic this morning. Who's your crew? Don't do life without one. Question this morning is this, who did Jesus spend most of his time with? As you read the, uh, the four Gospels, who did Jesus hang out with primarily the most? Come on over this side. This side's awake. You're all just full of faith over here. It's all the, no, I just won't say that. I'll just move over this side over here. Come on, who did Jesus spend, who did he hang out with mostly? When he was walking, when he was eating, when he was hanging out, he would spend most of his time with his disciples. Amen. He had 12 disciples that he did life with that he spent most of his time with. He did life with them. And I think it's very important this morning as I ask you this question right now, who is in your world as a disciple and whose world are you in as a disciple as well? I'll just let that sit on us all and at home this morning as well. Whose world are you in today in a discipleship relationship and who is in your world discipling you at this point and then at this stage in your life? I believe it's a powerfully important question that we need to be grappling with. And this morning's just a bit of a, an, an introduction to this as we move forward as a church because how we answer this question 
will determine our health and our longevity as a disciple because I've found this and you would, you would testify to this, that we can't do this journey of faith alone. In fact, there's an old saying that many people that are over 50 would have heard it before in church. He who grows alone grows weird. And I hate to say it this morning, but there are many weird Christians around today. Weird, because we're not meant to do this journey of faith alone. We're meant to do this journey with others. Amen. In fact, I love this verse of Scripture in uh, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 7. We need to keep encouraging each other, growing in our faith. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion there. Listen to it, as iron sharpens iron, so, when, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. We need to be in a relationship with other people that are sharing the same faith values and be encouraging one another in that faith journey, amen. Because if we don't, Potential is we will get, uh, we will get um, sidetracked, we will fall away, we will be, um, we will be um, confused in our faith. We, we so powerfully need others in our lives as we walk this faith journey together, amen. So powerful that we do. That's why for our local church, I want to read it to you this morning. And I found it very interesting when I was looking at the journal reading for tomorrow. I didn't line it up, but God is so good. Because guess what we're sharing tomorrow at the bottom of our page? Exactly what I'm sharing right now, which is our vision for the local church. It's at the bottom of the page tomorrow. We're reading Romans chapter 10. Amen. And I encourage you with our faith, faith journal, get on board with that. It brings hope and strength to your life. But our, our vision as a local church, we empower people to live Christ-centred lives and we're about building a church where everyone's welcomed, everyone's needed and everyone is what? Say it again. What about we say it with a bit of gusto this morning where everyone is discipled, amen. Come on, that's our vision as a local church. Empowering people to live Christ-centred lives building a church where everyone is welcome, everyone is needed, and everyone is discipled. Hallelujah. Discipled. Everyone is discipled. Our dream is to see us all in some sort of discipleship relationship. Amen. To see everybody in the church from the young to the old. Amen. In some sort of discipleship relationship. And I want to ask you this morning, if you come with me, what would our church community look like if every person was discipling and being discipled by somebody else? It would be an unstoppable community of faith. I'll just have a little drink this morning. Is that all right? Amen. Thank you. Just a little pause. Come with me this morning. Imagine right now for you, in your world, you love Jesus. You like attending church but you find it a little bit difficult in your faith journey during the course of the week. But imagine if someone started to come alongside you and helped you in your journey and encouraged you in your journey. What would that mean to you from week to week? It would mean everything to you. But imagine through a process of time that as you went through that journey, you started encouraging somebody else as well in a similar 
fashion and in a similar faith or shape, I should say. What would mean, what would that mean to them as well? It'd mean everything. You see, if you could imagine our whole church discipling and being discipled, it would bring such health to our local church. And I thank God we are a healthy church. Amen. We're a healthy local church. I thank God we are healthy because we see that through the prayers. We see that through the worship. We see that um, during the course of the week with all the things. We are healthy. We are looking out. We are looking to God all the time. Amen. But imagine if we added this other element where every one of us intentionally committed to discipling someone else and being discipled by someone. What would that look like? It'd look like the, G- the church that Jesus sees. It'd look like the church that Jesus saw, amen. And I believe today that's the journey that we're on here and at home as well. I want to encourage us at home as well. We would be unstoppable. We'd be the church that Jesus sees. How? Through discipleship relationships, being in the world of others and letting others be in your world. And this morning, I'll just move on because we're running out of time. We do this in two ways in our church at this point. The first one that we're aware of, the second one that I want to just outline a little bit this morning. The first way that we do it is through connect groups. Right now, across the life of our church, we have different demographics of people that sometimes they meet weekly. Other groups, they meet fortnightly and they gather together in homes, they gather together in coffee shops and they spend time encouraging one another, discipling one another and sharing the Word of God together with one another. And we're so thankful for the work that all of our small group leaders are doing right now. Amen. Amen. So thankful to every one of you that are doing that right now. But there's another way as well that I want to touch on this morning. It's called crew groups. And I want to share that with you today because today I feel to talk about crew groups and how these crew groups have the potential to revolutionise our church and our community. But before I talk a little bit about them this morning, I want to talk about the journey as how we got where we are today. And it started last year in about the middle of the year. We were going through the COVID I want us to pray and stop right now. Could we just really pray for every local church in our city and the Illawarra for strength? Because I know um, that many are struggling. And I heard during the course of the week one that shut, um, a church that shut. And that just breaks my heart to hear that. Could we just stand to our feet right now and let's just pray for every local congregation. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you. Lord, you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail. And right now, Lord, we lift the the churches across the Illawarra to you. And we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them, Lord. We pray right now, Lord, that they would have a sense of your spirit being poured out upon them, God. Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you said you're building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Lord, as we stand here today, we just thank you for a fresh outpouring of your spirit upon every congregation, upon every pastor and leader, upon every member of the church. We just thank you today that you're pouring out your spirit, that Lord, even though we might have been through COVID, we're coming out of that side even stronger than before because we declare it and we prophesied in your name, Lord, that you are moving so powerfully as we speak it and as we see it, we declare it today and pray your hand upon every church. In your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we were in the middle of last year and, you know, for for all of us in so many different ways, we all went through COVID and approached COVID in 
many, many different ways and we had all of the uncertainties for our church. We closed in March for the four weeks and we, and we got to June and we decided to close again for another seven or eight weeks and, you know, it's an incredibly topsy-turvy time and at that time, I just remember it was around June and July just crying out to God, God, what, what do we do? How do we move forward? And I just remember it was probably over a three to four week period that in bed at night time, God would start to speak to me about small groups. I kept seeing small groups of believers coming together, just, just meeting together for the purpose of encouraging each other in their walk with God. And over that period of time, there were three words that God gave me, and I still believe today that they, were, they are and they were from the Holy Spirit. That as those groups of believers got together, they were to encourage and challenge and, and hold each other accountable to three words. And the first word was the word um, see. What, I've, what have I been reading in the Word of God? What have, what have I been looking at? And I felt that the Holy Spirit was really encouraging me with that word as they met together to encourage each other. What have you been reading in the Word of God? Amen. How you been going in your Bible reading? I won't ask you this morning to put your hand up, but I wonder when was the last time before God someone asked you that question? So the first thing was to gather and challenge ourselves about what have you been reading in the Word of God? Second word that God gave us over that four or three or four week period was the word hear. What has God been saying to you over this last period of time? What's, what's, what's the Lord been encouraging you with? What's the Lord been challenging you with? You know, the Lord doesn't always just encourage us. And he also chastises us as well and challenges us about our faith. So the first word was, what have you been seeing? What have you been reading? Second one, what have you been hearing? What's God been saying to you? Again, I won't do it. But if I was to say, hands up, when was the last time that somebody asked you the question, what has God been saying to you? First word, see. Second word, hear. Third word, that as we met in these little groups, is who have you been sharing with? Who have you been sharing your life with? As you meet in this little group and you, you look and be encouraged about what you've been reading in the Word of God, what you've been hearing from God, and who you've been sharing with. The third one, who have you been sharing your faith with as well? I'll stop right there again. When was the last time another believer asked you, who have you been sharing your faith with? I'm just throwing it out there today. Good questions, amen? And so I really felt challenged. And, you know, over the last probably um, four months, we've just been outworking this just very organically in the local church. We haven't been um, putting posters up and all that sort of stuff. We've just started crew groups um, across the life of the church. There's a few small groups that are happening right now. And I'll talk to you about my crew groups in a couple of moments' time. But wouldn't you want people in your world encouraging you and holding you accountable for your walk with Jesus and with others by asking you those three questions on a fortnightly or weekly basis? Wouldn't that be healthy? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it? Because think about it now. When was the last time you were asked, what have you been reading? When was the last time you've been asked, what have you been hearing from God? 
When was the last time that you asked who you've been sharing with? And you know, friends, these are some of the most fundamental, but some of the most healthy things that we can be questioned on in our walk with God. Amen? Hallelujah, glory to God. If I could dance, I would. <laughs> this is healthy. Is it challenging you? It's challenging me. But how, could you imagine that? From the old all the way down to the young and we all over this journey start to learn this and start to outwork it. Health. Healthy Christianity. There's the stairs. So, just let me go on and I'll be finished. I'm, um, when it's yellow up there, does that mean I'm over time? Oh, good. So I've still got time. Great. Red might mean I'm over. Hallelujah. Don't look, turn around. Just keep moving forward. Amen. So how do they work? I want to just outline. And this morning you would have come in. You would have received one of those. Put that in your Bible and think about it and pray about it. But how do they work? Well, they work like this. We meet with three other people every other fortnight. We agree to being confidential. In other words, what is said in the group stays in the group. We open in prayer. We ask someone each week to share a word of encouragement. And then we ask each person to share, what am I reading? What have I been getting out of our journaling as we've been going through it together? Second thing that we ask each person to talk about, we go on to say, well, what has God been saying to me? And then I share about that. Then we go on to, and, and encourage each other. Who are we sharing each? And then we pray for each other's needs and we close in prayer. Takes about 40 minutes to do that. Takes about 40 minutes to do it. Just have that little, little, um, little gathering, little crew meeting. And one week, I'm a part of a crew, and the next week, I'm leading a crew group. And I want to say this morning, we can all do it. We can all do it. Amen? If I can do it, we can all do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love our crew groups. I have a crew group Tuesday morning, three other guys that we meet with, and then the next Tuesday, I have three other guys that I meet with normally in, a, in an afternoon. One's in the morning, one's in the afternoon. It's about 40 minutes a week where we just meet and catch up and encourage each other in our walk with God. And what God's saying was what we're reading, amen. And guess what? It's not hard. It's good. Amen. It's not like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm going to meet with these guys. This is terrible. No, it's a joy. And the further we go down the journey, the more enjoyable that it is because we start to open up our hearts and our lives to one another. Then we start to be real with one another. Thanks, I think it is. I want to finish with this thought this morning. Why are crew groups important? We're not meant to live out our faith alone. We're called to live out our faith with other believers. When we do, for those that are at home as well, there's strength, there's protection, there's wisdom, there's accountability. In fact, I love this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Listen. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. We're not islands, we're meant to be living in community. And when we come together and when I meet with my crew and they meet with me, there's strength and there's protection there. And straight away we start to realise that sense of the threefold cord is not easily broken, amen. Because we're together, 
And we're praying for each other and we're sharing with one another and we're doing our best to be real with one another and there's protection within that. But guess what? If I'm on my own and I'm alone and I'm not connecting with anyone and I haven't got a crew around me, guess what? I'm exposed. I'm open to the works of the enemy. And when he attacks, I've got nowhere to go. Pastor, help me. Oh, you're always busy. You never answer your phone. Sorry. I come to church. I'm really struggling. God, well, where, is, where are people? Well, they're here, but they can only go so far on a Sunday. See, it's our responsibility to build a crew around us so that when we're going through the difficult things in life, we have protection and we have strength around us because a threefold cord is not easily broken. But if I'm on my own, I can be easily overcome. You get it? Last story this morning. Ross spoke about it last week. We've spoken about it a few times as well. It's a story in Mark chapter 2, and I'll read it to you this morning. It should be up on the screen, and we'll just about be ready to land this morning. It says, they came to, they, Then they came to him, bring a paralytic who was carried by four men, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let uh, down the bed on which the paramedic uh, man was lying. Jesus comes and sees their faith and he heals the man. I look at that story there. Those, those guys that were carrying the stretcher, I want to say this morning, my take on that is they weren't just random strangers. I reckon these guys knew that paralytic man. They wouldn't have gone to that extravagant expense otherwise carrying him, ripping a hole in the roof and lowering the guy down. They wouldn't have done that to a stranger. I wouldn't have expected. But I believe that these four guys knew this paralytic man. And because they were in community, because they were in relationship, because they had like a sense of, of accountability with one another and wanting to care for one another, these guys were willing to go to the extraordinary to see the extraordinary take place. There would have been community amongst them. My thought this morning is this, a takeaway, a couple of takeaways from this. In life, all of us at some stage in our life will need to have time on a stretcher. Two thousand and fifteen, I was on a stretcher. Six months on a stretcher. Probably in all reality, eighteen months in total. On a bit of a stretcher. But when you need to be on a stretcher, my challenge to you is who's going to be there to carry it for you and carry it with you? a group of people that you get to spend time with, a group of people that you start to do life with, a group of people that you start to open up and go on a journey of growing. There you stretch your carriers, amen. But that doesn't happen automatically. That comes from a commitment. That comes from a, 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 
a priority, making, making it happen each fortnight, spending the time to say, God, I'm going to make time in my calendar for these people because at some point they may need to be on a stretcher and I'll have the great privilege of being able to carry them while they're going through that season. Or God, it might be me that's on the stretcher and I'll have these people around me to help me on my journey. Get it? That's why it's so important. So, so important. So important. Understand. Ultimately, can I say, as Christ's disciples, we all need to be like these four guys who purely helped someone get to Jesus. Friends, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Some of you go, you're not my brother. <laughs> I am. But we need to be like these four guys in every season, helping to get people to Jesus. Hear me this morning. couple of thoughts as we conclude. How do you start a, a crew group? You simply pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to put someone or a couple of people on your heart. And then you go and approach them and say, hey, would you like to be a part of the crew? And you start to meet every fortnight if you choose. And you hold each other accountable to what am I reading? What's he saying to me? Who am I sharing my life with? That's, that's so, so doable. You know, we're all living in an ever increasing, increasing busy world, but surely we could find 40 minutes a fortnight or a week to be a part of a crew. Up on the screen there, you're going to see something this morning. It's saying that average screen time for adults in Australia today is 5.5 hours a day. Average screen time for an Australian adult today is roughly 5.5 hours a day. I didn't make that up. I didn't make that up either. What's up there? Uh, have we got that last slide? The picture didn't come through. Send a picture through. Oh, nothing's come through. Five point five hours a day in some way on our devices. I wonder how all this stacks up for people when he asks us the question, did we make disciples? Because we finished this morning, it's an investment of time. Listen, friends, time is the only non-redeemable thing in our lives. Can you hear that? Time is the only non-redeemable thing. When we spend time, the time that we spend is gone forever. As we finish today, can I encourage us? Come on. Come on. We could do this journey 
It's not terrible. It's not like going to be pulling your teeth out, oh, dragging you to this crew group. Oh my gosh, and oh yeah. No, life-giving. Start with the Holy Spirit. Speak to Him about it, amen. He's all over this stuff. He's so keen to get you going, amen. So start to talk to Him. Start to dream the dream. Start to say, well, Lord, place someone on my heart. Before you know it, boom, there's that person, amen. Go up and speak to them. Hey, would you like to get on this journey? Starting to crew, hold each other accountable to our walk with God. Next minute before you know it, boom, there's the next person. Before you know it, you've got three people and you're starting to do life with them and you're starting to encourage them. And then you encourage them to go out and do the same. And each of those three people they start to get on the journey as well and they pray before the Holy Spirit and they ask the Lord, put someone on my heart and boom, He puts someone on their heart and then so on and so forth. And before you know it, amen. Unstoppable. Anyway, I think so. (laughs) Oh, you've been a great crew this morning, amen. Great crew this morning. This morning, if you have more questions, you can look at that, but you can speak to you can speak to Tom here. You know Carly. I know there's many, many folk here. Damon down the front. I'm going to miss people, but there's a stack of people that you could speak to. Kim, you can speak to. John and Narell down the back there. You can email the office. And what you got more questions? You throw them at us. We would love to answer them. Amen. Because we're so excited about the journey that God's got us on together. Could we pray um, today? Tonight, we're looking forward to it. Tom's preaching and uh, looking forward to that tonight. Amen. It'll be a great blessing. Sunday nights are going off. I mean, not like that. They are just going off. They are just amazing. So I do encourage you. But we're going to pray this morning as we conclude. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. And Jesus, we thank you for your words, your mission, your mandate to us to go into all the world and make disciples. Lord, we thank you this morning for our connect groups. We thank you this morning for our crew groups. We just pray, Lord, that all of us would just, again, see the value in being connected somewhere, being discipled by someone or discipling others, Lord, whatever it may be, you're calling us to do both. But Lord, to begin with, maybe just to say, God, yes, me, I want to start to be in some sort of discipleship relationship because I see the value in it today. So Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, great Holy Ghost, you go before us, you make a way. So we just invite you, we rest on you. There's no striving or anxiety in this place, only an open heart to say, Lord, have your way. We so love you, we so worship you, we so thank you. And everybody said, Amen and Amen.